0: The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.
1: Commanding Officer of Saskatchewan RCMP, Assistant Commissioner Curtis Zablocki, as well as Superintendent Derek Williams from our Major Crimes Unit, will be speaking to you about the investigation into the bus crash involving the Humboldt Broncos hockey team. Bonjour, je suis le Sargent Padmaneg et je serai votre moderateur cet après-midi. Nous diffusons cette conférence de presse en direct sur Facebook. Nous tenons à rappeler aux gens qui se joignent à nous en ligne que nous répondrons seulement aux questions des journal- journalistes présents ici. Le commandant de la GRC en Saskatchewan, le commissaire adjoint Curtis Brockie, et l'officier responsable de la section des crimes graves, le surintendant Derek Williams, vous parleront de l'enquête sur l'accident d'autobus. The uh, Broncos to Humboldt. Sir.
2: Good afternoon, and thank you for being with us today. It was three months ago that tragedy struck the Humboldt Broncos hockey team, the community of Humboldt, and many communities across our province and country. Our thoughts continue to be with those who have lost loved ones, those who were injured and with everyone who is recovering from this tragedy. I know it's been difficult for many to await the outcome of this police investigation. The time it took to do this work, this important work was necessary. Today at approximately 10 AM, our major crime investigators arrested the driver of the semi-trailer unit, Jazkarit Sadu, a 29-year-old male from Calgary, Alberta. Mr. Sidhu was arrested without incident at his Calgary residence and currently faces the following charges. 16 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death, 13 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing bodily injury. Mr. Sidhu has been remanded into RCMP custody and will make his first appearance in Saskatchewan Provincial Court next week. Details of this court appearance have not been finalized and will be provided as soon as that information is available. We know that the interest in this investigation is significant, which is why we are making this public announcement. However, we must protect the integrity of the evidence gathered and respect the the judicial process as this matter is now before the courts. Please keep this in mind as I turn it over to Superintendent Derek Williams, the officer in charge of our Major Crimes Unit and the officer overseeing this investigation. Superintendent Williams will provide the information we are able to share at this time.
3: Thank you, sir. Good afternoon. 16 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death and 13 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing bodily harm are serious criminal code charges. In order to lay these charges, we've required evidence that a motor vehicle was being operated in a manner that is dangerous to the public now that the charges are laid, we move to the next stage in the process. Our investigators will continue to liaise with the Crown Prosecution Office as we have done so over the past three months. Our core team of 20 investigators has been supplemented by an additional 100 investigators as required, and they have assisted in this investigation through its entirety. The expertise of investigators from our forensics, Forensic Collision Reconstruction Team, and Major Crime Unit have been critical as we've analyzed and collected evidence. In addition to the collision reenactment we did in April, we've conducted over 60 interviews, taken over 6,000 photographs, analyzed all of the documentation available to us, including the driver logbook. We've also used 3D technology to capture evidence through unmanned aerial vehicles. What we can say about the evidence that we gathered is limited, as this matter is before the courts. But I can tell you the following. We've looked at every aspect of the collision, including the speed of the vehicles, point of impact, position of the vehicles, impairment, road and weather conditions, and witness evidence. Every piece of information was carefully examined. Our investigators were thorough in their systematic analysis of this evidence. I can further tell you that this morning, our investigators met with the families to inform them of the outcome of this investigation. Finally, we want to acknowledge the assistance we have received from our partners at Transport Canada, the Provincial Coroner's Office, and Saskatchewan Government Insurance. Now, I've, as we said, I'm limited to what I can say because a lot of this information is going to be before the courts. But I
1: can take some questions now. I ask the reporters please step up to the mic, identify yourself, who you're with. And ask your question and you'll have a chance to
4: reply Sarah Mills CJME and CKOM I think the question for most of the public in Saskatchewan and Canada has been about that the magnitude of this investigation and why it's taken three months can you explain the work uh, go further into detail of the work perhaps manpower all that kind of thing to get you to this point today please
3: yes thank you we can appreciate that this is a mass casualty event. Um, there was uh, a number of um, aspects of the collision that we had to investigate. And it takes time to gather all those evidence and facts. And in addition, we have to uh, co- collect expert reports. So that process took some time. We can appreciate that the public uh, um, wanted an answer sooner but uh, we did have to work through our investigative process to gather that information.
4: And would you know, Superintendent, if this is the biggest case in Canada of dangerous driving causing death of these charges with this number of the 16 and the 13 that you know of, or at least in Saskatchewan?
3: Well, this is a tragic event, first and foremost, for all the victims and families. in, in comparison to other events and in Canada, it's, it's difficult to say this, this, um, this event stands uh, on its own. David Bowles, 620
5: CKRM, and approximately how long did it take you to get certain piece of evidence, and which was, I guess, the toughest for you folks to narrow in on?
3: Well, certainly we relied on expertise uh, for the uh, traffic uh, collision reconstruction. That did uh, take a fair amount of time we received that information uh, late last week, which we then shared uh, with uh, with the Crown Office. And when did the decision officially lay charges and when did you were able to identify the driver in this case? We swore um, uh, the information for these charges uh, yesterday.
6: Uh, Sarah Comedina, Global News. Can you give us any more details on what may have caused this crash or?
3: Anything along those lines? Well, as we know uh, from our last media conference um, on, uh, on April 19th, we know that the bus was driving northbound on, uh, on the highway and the semi-truck was westbound. They did meet in the intersection and a collision occurred. Now, the uh, the factors leading up to that is, again, evidence of facts that are gonna be before the court. And uh, anything around the, um, uh, the driver himself, again, all that material will be before the court. Okay.
6: Uh, was the trucking company breaking any laws?
3: Again, our investigation was focused on the, uh, on the driver in this case and that's, uh, that's who we've charged.
6: And can you confirm how big this investigation was with um, how many officers were in, involved?
3: Well, it's a core team of 20 investigators and at various times during the, the three, past three months, uh, we had over 100 investigators uh, as we needed that uh, moved in and out of the investigation um we can also appreciate there was a large number of uh first responders uh at the initial incident on april the 6th
6: and what are you doing with uh the evidence in question like the big pieces of equipment where are you storing it what are you doing with that right now
3: yeah we we have the um the uh, the semi truck and trailer and and the bus but i won't go into details about where it's stored that, that's before the court again
1: adam hunter cbc Can you explain the difference between uh, dangerous driving and driving without due care and attention? Uh, What would be the the difference between those two charges? Well, the biggest uh, difference um,
3: is the criminal code charge for dangerous driving. Uh, Driving without due care and attention is a a traffic offense. Uh,
1: I know you said you can't reveal some of the things, but are are speed, um, distracted driving, any of those things considered, uh, included into dangerous driving?
3: There's a a number of um, elements that make up uh, the offense of dangerous driving, uh, including um, the marked departure from the standard of care expected uh, from a driver, uh, in this case, a commercial truck driver.
7: Dave Fraser, Leader Post. There was a bluff of trees at that intersection. What, if any, role did those trees play in, in your investigation and the
3: result of charges? Again, any of the uh, environmental conditions are are, um, are facts or evidence that uh, we'll present uh, before the court.
6: Is Sadhu in custody right now?
3: Mr. Sadoo is in uh, RCMP custody currently. Yes. Has he had his passport uh, seized? Again, uh, that. Um, anything around that will wait to his uh, first court appearance here uh, next week in Saskatchewan. uh, That's something that the uh, Crown Prosecutor will manage.
7: I understand that you're sort of constrained in what you can say about the specifics of the charges but as you noted there the charges that are later a significant departure from the norm or have to involve a significant departure from the norm. You had mentioned speed impairment and another a number of other factors that you looked at can you comment at all as to
1: which of those were contributing factors in your decision to lay these charges I think he's he's spoken to the case and far we can't provide specifics of the investigation itself that will be before the courts
4: Number one, I, I'm sorry it's an easy one, but we we still don't have the name apart from you saying it if you have the details of the age and the name to spell. And then um, secondly, uh, I'm just trying to give the, the public an idea of I think many people have run through a stop sign before and won't have faced a charge like this, obviously given the circumstances and the death and injuries, but what does the driver do um, and face because of these charges? I'm just trying to get a sense beyond driving without due care and attention, speeding, distracted driving, what does a driver have to do to get so far as these charges with their, their driving?
1: I'm sorry again that's we can't speak to the specifics of the case that is before the courts
4: I, i'm not asking specifics of a case i'm trying to give the public a sense of what does it mean to face th- these charges how does it compare how many other charges is it seven charges before you get to this one is it eight what does a person a driver have to have done runs st- do they run the gamut of not doing what they're meant to do to get to this point
3: well certainly um uh, the circumstances of this of simp- of simply driving through a stop sign are a bit different. Uh, again, there's provincial traffic uh, offences available for that. It's the circumstances of the evidence and the investigation, and our consultation with Crown that led us to laying criminal charges in this case. Uh, in regards to uh, the name of the accused, uh, we'll uh, we'll have that through our media people. Again, the spelling, the spelling and the date of birth will be av- made available through our media people. Again, it's Mr. Jess Sado, age 29.
6: Are you going to be looking any further into the trucking company uh, and their involvement in, in this?
3: Our uh, our criminal investigation is solely focused on the events uh, uh, of, that bring our criminal charges here today.
6: What what kind of jail time could he face?
3: Um, for causing uh, dangerous driving causing death, it's uh, upwards of 14 years. Dangerous up driving causing bodily harm is upwards of 10 years.
7: You had mentioned that you looked at the log books. Can you just tell us um, what's involved in, in those log books? Maybe not specifically, but generally, and if you wanna tell us some specifics as to what you found, that would be welcome to.
3: Again, evidence of facts that we're going to uh, we've been in discussions with Crown for and and, with and we'll present that uh, at court again we we look at all the documentation to see what's recorded and what isn't recorded and um, in answer to your question
1: for those that wish we'll be translating or providing a French translation for the commanding officer's speech as well as superintendent's speech and I will be doing that in approximately a minute Sorry if I missed this, but
3: can you confirm that a toxicology report was involved in the investigation? I get any particular uh, um, items like that, documentation uh, is, is information that will present through Crown. So you had mentioned impairment was one of the
7: factors that was looked at, and I'm just wondering if you could provide a bit more detail as to what would be looked at if,
3: if that was uh, something you were looking at. Well, again, uh, as I referenced before, a lot of that material would be before the court. Um, but as we know here today, there's no impaired driving charges.
8: When it comes to notifying the families, did you bring them all together? Were they notified separately? How did that process work?
3: Well, we can appreciate that uh, we needed to talk to the families first, uh, which we did earlier this morning. Uh, we uh, assembled the families in Saskatoon and Edmonton. and. Um, had a video link to talk to the family members that were able to attend and inform them of the outcome of this investigation.
7: Can you speak to the role that the Ministry of Justice played in laying these charges? We we heard that you liaised with them, but can you just give us a sense of how much involvement there was
3: in, in the decision to lay these charges with the Ministry of Justice? Well, we can appreciate that these are significant and serious criminal charges, and in all cases, we we consult with Crown on, um, on that material and, and again, the evidence and facts that uh, will meet that uh, meet their standard. Okay, that'll be the last last question.
6: Come Do on. we know where he will appear in court, whether it's Tisdale or Regina?
3: We'll have that information uh, available later. We will uh, provide advance notice of his next appearance. Uh, we just don't know that information right now.
1: Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to uh, Officer in Charge of the Major Crime Unit Superintendent Derek Williams speaking at the uh, roche Perce Auditorium at RCMP Depot in Regina. Uh, the news this morning uh, coming out that charges have been laid in the Humboldt-Broncos bus crash that took place on April 6, 2018. I'm Andrew Gross. Uh, in with uh, Brad Whisker here for a special edition of the 630 Ched Afternoon News. As you've uh, heard from that news conference, a charge, uh, several charges have been laid. Uh, the driver, Jazz Kareet Sadu, a 29-year-old male from Calgary, Alberta, has now been charged with 16 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death, 13 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing bodily harm. These are criminal code. Charges and to lay those charges, uh, as uh, was explained to us uh, by Derek Williams, the uh, major crime unit superintendent, uh, that you must they must prove and feel that they can prove uh, that that uh, truck driver was operating a motor vehicle in a manner that is dangerous to the public. Three months,
9: and here we are. Um, They obviously went through every aspect of the evidence available to them. That was made quite clear. At times, there were 100 additional investigators involved in this process, a core team of 20 looking at logbooks. They did 60 interviews, looked at 6,000 pictures using 3D technology to examine the scene. When the RCMP said that this was going to take a while to examine the scene, they've explored every avenue of this horrible crash to make sure that they have laid the proper charges against the proper person.
0: They met with families this morning to inform them, families of the victims of the Bronco uh, uh, bus crash, to inform them of what the charges would be and when they would be coming out. Uh, They did mention, you mentioned all of the, uh, Brad, uh, work that went into laying these charges. And when asked what uh, took the longest, it was the traffic collision reconstruction, which took the longest. Also uh, brought to our attention at that news conference that no charges are anticipated to be laid against the company itself, that the criminal investigation focused on the driver. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, more coverage of the news conference on on the Humboldt bus crash. You're listening to a special edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News, uh, held today, Brad, because a news conference announced this morning, as we just mentioned, uh, from the RCMP, that charges had been laid in connection with the uh, Humboldt bus crash, which happened just, what, three months ago to the day?
9: Three months ago to the day.
0: Injuring, uh, what... uh, Killing 16 people, injuring 13, and that's reflected in the charges that have been laid against driver Jazz Kareet Sadu of Calgary, a 29-year-old, 16-counts dangerous operation of motor vehicle causing death, 13-counts dangerous operation of motor vehicle causing bodily injury. Um, we will give our listeners an opportunity to weigh in on this themselves, react to what they've uh, just heard. Do you think the charges are the ones you were expecting? Um, We don't have more information than what was already given in the news conference that you've just heard, but certainly we're open to uh, conversation about it. What's your reaction to the charges? I'm a bit surprised. As am I.
9: Just um, obviously police have made the decision in consulting with the Crown where this is what they feel is the correct decision. And we have to believe that they've done their appropriate job. I, I, I just didn't know how hard it would be to get this far in laying these type of charges. I thought it would be something less significant, but that's only because I didn't know how much access they would have to all the evidence available and who they spoke to in these 60-plus interviews that they did. I I know that this must be... For the family, it's still hard to hear this, but the fact that these kind of charges have been laid, I'm I'm sure... I don't want to use the word happy they're they're slightly relieved that it's not a, a simple charge of failure to to yield at a stop sign which i think a lot of people we're expecting that to be laid against this suspect well
0: therein lies the problem brad and this is the reason we haven't spoken about it on the air uh, because uh you know we avoid speculation when it comes to something to all news but specifically with something that hit so close to home to so many listeners uh you know across our country and really for that matter around the world because herein lies the rub in any f- in any fatal collision investigators in the crown have to work to determine what if any charges should be laid based on the evidence and not upon the outcome right so it's tragic and, and and you know but your actions have to be criminal in order to lay a criminal charge regardless of the outcome so as one of the reporters asked in the news conference well what elevates it from you know, a distracted driving charge or a uh, failure to stop at a stop sign elevates it to a criminal charge, and it isn't necessarily the outcome, the number of deaths or number of injuries. It's the actions of the individual who's been charged. So criminal code charges like dangerous driving, criminal negligence, or impaired driving causing death can all be laid where the evidence suggests that that's what happened. Uh, the culpability, the wrongdoing, it, it can sometimes not be serious enough to elevate it to a criminal level. Despite the outcome and that's why I say i'm surprised um, because i'm not I, I, I wasn't sure what evidence would be uh, obtainable that would suggest with a with a reasonable uh, amount of with with no reasonable amount of doubt that there was a criminal action which caused the deaths and that's they didn't, my, that's the problem
9: police didn't expand on that in a news conference they obviously believe they have enough to to prove that I have to Mm -hmm. I want to believe that that's what they have, and I'm going to always back the police when it comes to laying the appropriate charges in an incident of this magnitude. You heard um, Mr. Williams say that there's nothing like this in the country. Right. Right. And they don't want to consult the Crown and and lay inappropriate charges and potentially let this suspect, still at this time, Mm. walk away. Mm Mm-hmm. It took them three months. They've done their due diligence, and hopefully the process carries out the appropriate measures against this man. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I know a lot of you want to talk to us. Uh, We're going to take a news break in just a moment, but quickly take some of your calls. Greg in Bonneville wants to talk. Hey, Greg. Hey, how's
2: it going?
0: Pretty good. So uh, you're a truck driver?
10: I am a truck driver, and, you know, this hits me on both sides of my life. I got nephews who are hockey players. I got friends who are hockey players that ride the buses. I was a basketball player. I rode the bus all the time. Yet then on my other side of my life, I'm a truck driver and I take the most outright respect on the highway. You know, I you know, I got 1.4 million kilometers on and I'm only 27 years old. So, like, I've, I've seen things. I've, you know, seen people run stop signs. I've seen I was hoping for a little bit more charges. So it shows these young guys, like me, I'm not saying um, me as being an old guy, being out here forever and ever, but I'm saying it shows I want a little bit more because of the magnitude of what has happened.
0: Because of the outcome. And I don't know if you heard us talking while we were on hold to talk to us, but that's been, I've held my breath for three months. And I've held my breath because I have a background in the trucking industry as well. And I kept looking at it going, I hope the delay in laying the charge, I hope that delay is because of an increased scrutiny on laying the correct charge, as opposed to trying to figure out how to lay a charge. Because Greg, the charge could easily have been failing to stop at a stop sign. Yes, it
10: could have been. I wanted that one on top of it too. we got it in the in the province actually in all of Canada we got to really think about the training process of these drivers
0: you're right i
10: went to school i went to a very very strict school i did my you know defensive driving i did a whole pile of courses just before i could even do the test and pretty much once you as a truck driver once you get your class 1 you're good to drive anything you can drive heavy uh heavy haul you can drive uh super b you can drive triaxle. you can drive quad you can drive whatever.
0: well greg let me stop you you there because in this case let me ask you as a truck driver and i don't want to put you on the spot and that was one of the things that jumped out at me when this first began is that i learned he was this driver uh jazz kareet sadhu was driving he was hauling a super b on on, personally yeah on a highway on a secondary highway that uh, that jumped out at me that that most experienced drivers would take that south and get to a primary highway right away, not be cutting across.
10: Not, not He's not dangerous good. So dangerous good, you have... No, he's not
0: dangerous day. goods, but with two weeks of experience, he's pulling a Super big
10: Well, he had a year experience before. So he was with a different company. So, but in my, my um, personal opinion, right from day one, when people go in to get their class one, they shouldn't be able to just to challenge the test and you're good to drive
0: super B. I started Greg I got to oh, cut you off there because I got to go to news but you're right and it's a great point because even a, a, a regular driver's license has graduated in the province of Alberta my 16 year old doesn't get full rights uh, for a year until they've been retested but that is not true of a class one uh, Greg appreciate the phone call uh, we'll take all of your calls in just a moment uh, right now though let's head to the 630 chat 24hour newsroom and Eileen Bell. Uh, Welcome back to a special edition of the 630 Ched Afternoon News. As you've heard from our newsroom and from the uh, news conference that we carried live from Regina, RCMP saying the 29-year-old... Uh, jazz Karit Sadu, a 29-year-old from Calgary, has been uh, was arrested and is in custody this morning in relation to the Humboldt bus crash. He faces 16 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death and 13 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing bodily injury. RCMP Superintendent Derek Williams saying it took three months to go through all the evidence and bring charges forward.
3: We can appreciate that this is a mass casualty event. Um, there was... Uh uh, a number of um, aspects of the collision that we had to investigate. And it takes time to gather all those evidence and facts. And in addition, we have to uh, co- collect expert reports. So that process took some time.
0: The Broncos were on their way to a playoff game when the truck and the bus uh, crashed at a rural Saskatchewan intersection on April 6th as 16 people, including 10 players, died as a result of the crash and 13 players were injured. Um, we do have, uh, Brad, what have we got coming up in this show so people know what to expect from yeah, us?
9: Yeah, absolutely. So at one forty-five, we have Global Winnipeg reporter Brittany Greenslade. She was at the site through the first three to five days post-crash. At 2.05, SJHL President Bill Chow. I want to get his perspective on what this will likely mean for the team, for the players involved, the families, and all the other teams and families around the league. At 2.35, we welcome in Global Regina evening news anchor Carlisle Fissette. He was paying attention to the news conference, has a good feel for how our RCMP operate in Saskatchewan, and we'll get his perspective on many things there as well.
0: We want to get your perspective as well. You can text us as always at 30 or give us a call at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, as Jordan has done. Hi, Jordan.
5: Hey guys. Um, yeah, I was just working, and I pulled over as soon as I uh, Bob was interrupted there at Oilers Now, and I just have a quick comment and then a question for you both. Sure. Um, I yeah, three months. I don't even. It didn't feel like three months. Um, most of us got to live our lives after the tragedy sunk in, however it touched us in the public. Um, and I just found myself overwhelmed with emotion again, uh, hearing about the arrest today and the details. Um, but the comment is is that, you know, obviously for those who went through it and, and survived and, and their families, for those that didn't, would have been impacted the most, the first responders. Um, but I just think we all need to be incredibly grateful collectively to commend um that investigators um that this was their job every day for for three months and i and i can't i'm getting emotional I just thinking about having to pour over all the photographs and the details that they would have had to live this um so for anyone hopefully that might be critical of the length of time involved um just put yourself in the shoes of the investigators that probably would rather be doing other kinds of work um but they're going through it they've, they've been through it and so um hats off to them. Absolutely. The question is um, uh, related to potential uh, uh, prosecution if he is found guilty is this not a perfect chance for the Canadian justice system to begin to lay where applicable um, uh, sentencing uh, um, consecutively and not concurrently? my, My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong is that typically in Canada we do the concurrent thing where You know, you don't stack up the multiplication
0: of... Well, it can be done either way, but typically you're right, it does. And we were just talking about that off-air, in fact, Jordan. It's uh, interesting that you brought it up, because as we were listening to that news conference, and as we learned that uh, the uh, charge of uh, dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death carries a sentence of approximately 14 years or potential, and the dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing injury carries, 10. And I turned to Brad and said, per count. And Brad turned back to me and said, but they'll be concurrent. Or uh, they'll be consecutive. or will be concurrent.
9: Yeah. Now, I've covered courts off and on for five or six years. It's been very rare that charges get sentenced consecutively. I think in this case, what and this is going to happen a year and a half, 2 years down mm-hmm. the road. I speculating isn't the best thing to do, but just based on the other cases I've seen in right. court, right,
0: not specific to this but in no, general, right? Because what, you can combine those two charges as well, right? What could, yeah, what yeah. could
9: happen is they sentence him for an x amount of years if he is found guilty to yes. be clear on dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death and then the consecutive term could be dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing injury.
0: So combining those two, 24 years.
9: If it's sentenced to the maximum amount of years, right. if the judge decides to go that way, perhaps there's a deal made between Crown and Defense. I mean, again, this is based on what I've seen in the past. This is not specific to this case. So many options are available to yeah. all three parties. And first off, we need to figure out where this goes next. Mm-hmm. This is just We know he's in court next week. We don't even know what day he's in court next week. And that's going to be first appearance.
0: Right. So And we still don't know the specifics, of course, that led them to the criminal charge, right? Because there's many factors that could have led to that criminal charge. We're still speculating at this point. At least we have a name now, which everyone's been waiting for. And we have a charge now, which everyone's been waiting for. And then we go from there. But it's an interesting question, Jordan. And on the first part of your conversation, I couldn't agree with you more. You put it eloquently, and I appreciate you holding on to do so. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, We'll take a quick break in just a moment, uh, get that out of the way. And when we return, uh, we'll have a conversation with Global Winnipeg reporter Brittany Greenslade. Now, she's been following the story very closely from the beginning. Um, Don't know that she was actually at that press or that news conference. No, but
9: she wasn't. But in, in speaking to her, I explained. We just want to get that perspective from her of what it was like to be on the ground, what she saw... What the community was going through at that time, if she's been in touch with community members since then, and the progress, if any, has been made as far as the healing process, which, quite frankly, will never end. Right. But just to get somebody that was on the ground and sought, and now here we are, three months to the day later, charges being laid, and what that has meant to the community and quite frankly, the rest of the world that has been watching and focusing on this incident.
0: All right. Uh, you're listening to a special edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, more coverage of today's news conference.
9: 43 here on a special edition of the 630 Chet Afternoon News. As you heard off the top of the 1 o'clock clock hour, charges have been laid in connection to the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. The driver of the truck, Jaskarit Sadu, facing 16 counts of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death, 13 counts dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing injury, One reporter from Global Winnipeg was on the ground in the days following that horrific crash. We welcome Brittany Greenslate to the show. Brittany, how are you?
8: I'm good, thanks for having me.
9: Now, when you were watching this press conference, what was going through your mind as the charges were announced?
8: You can only help but think about the families. We spent nearly a week in Humboldt right after the crash. Um, We left Winnipeg Saturday morning. We got the news late Friday night. Um, not knowing what we were driving into, what we were going to be walking into, um, and the moment you stepped into humboldt you felt the love and support there, and you know that this morning, that's what was happening as well, because the families of the Humble Broncos all met this morning uh, and were told by the RCMP of these charges and this arrest before it was actually released to the public, giving them some time to come together and, and talk to each other and. And be able to work through this, because as you can imagine, it would, it's going to be a very emotional day. Um, it's something that us as the media and the public, um, anybody that spent any time listening to a news report or seeing those images or involving themselves in the, you know, the coming days from that crash, have been waiting for some news were, you know, more than two months after this crash and people have been wondering what's happening, where's the investigation, are there going to be charges? Um, Everybody's been waiting to hear that. And that was something I know I've been waiting for. So actually to see this investigation progress to the point where for a lot of these families um, to see something actually happen um, out of this tragedy and to see somebody right now being held responsible um, or be- being charged um, in this, I think, is is something that's going to help a lot of people move
0: forward. Yeah, you know, that's specifically what I wanted to ask you about. I know you spent a lot of time in the Humboldt uh, area, talked to a lot of these uh, families. And, and, you know, we all talk in platitude sometimes, but with the best of intentions. We talk about allowing the town and families to heal. And I've often speculated in my own mind as to whether or not laying a charge helps that or puts us back to ground zero again when it comes to to healing and because here it is of course the uh, top news story and will be throughout you know the day and the weekend and uh, in the months and in the weeks and months that follow so I mean what was your sense that as part of that healing process somebody had to be held responsible
8: I think people just wanted answers um, regardless of which way that was going to go and I think maybe more so for the public we wanted to see charges um, because for us not being there, not being a part of it, it made us feel somewhat of a connection. For the families, I think they've had you know two plus months to be moving on with this, and and not that that is in any way, shape, or form enough time. Uh, this is something that many of them are going to be living with for a very long time. Not only um, with the injuries that we know so many of them have and are, are dealing with, but two of two of these boys, two of these young athletes, are still in the hospital mm-hmm. today. Um, Recovering, we know one still isn't even able to speak. Um, we've spoken to other ones who have no memory of the crash whatsoever. Um, I know I, you know, still get emotional looking at the the videos and the photos from the crash scene. Um, so you can only imagine what that's like for somebody that was on that bus or those family members. Some of the family members that were there in the moments after, helping. Um, I think there's a sense from. But we've talked to a lot of people that a lot of people want to start moving on. Um, whether or not this helps them, I think every person's different. What is going to help me is not going to help somebody else. But I think for, for the public, there's been such a demand for answers. And at least this is the start of them. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. It's going to be many, many more months before this goes through the court system and we actually um, hear what investigators determined happened. Um, because we, we didn't hear that today. We weren't given any reasons as to why these charges came about or how they came to this conclusion. Um, They didn't tell us anything besides that the bus was driving north and the semi was driving west and they met in the intersection. So there's still a lot of questions for a lot of people.
9: Brittany, during the news conference, Superintendent Derek Williams says there was a core team of 20 investigators, but at times, up to 100 additional investigators involved in this investigation. Can you paint a picture for us what that was like to see in a town as small as Humboldt with such a heavy police presence?
8: Humboldt's only 6,000 people. Um, the crash happened you know, a few hours outside of that, but you can imagine just thousands of people that then poured in, Uh, not just the media, but family members. Because you have to remember that none of, not none, many of these boys uh, were not from the area, many from Saskatchewan, but not from Humboldt. They were all billeted there. Um, So you had so many other families affected. That town, you know, probably nearly doubled in size Hmm. throughout, you know, that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but you can, the, the feeling, I know from people there, there was a sense after a few days that... You know, it it was time for us as media, we felt that it was time, you know, we told their stories and it it was time to to move on and let, let, leave people alone for a little bit, (laughs) let them heal without cameras and microphones and everything in their faces, but I will say they were so welcoming in those days, Um, even through all of the pain and tragedy that they were all going through, there was such an outpouring of love. Um, I went to the local florist there in the days, the days right after, the only florist in town, and she was getting phone calls from around the world of people just leading their credit card number and saying, just, can you, five bouquets, can you take them to the arena, or can you get somebody to take them to one of the Billet families, or, you know, if there's one of the kids in town or to the high school or something, just so that they could feel connected. And we've heard time and time again from those families how much they felt that love.
0: You know, it's funny, I have to ask as a, I'm asking you, not me, as a reporter, as somebody uh, you know, who who conveys the news for a living, because I'm a talk show host, and you, as you and I both know, two very different jobs. Yeah. It, it's difficult because there has to be a frustration from the perspective as an, of a news person. You hold the news, uh, the RCP hold a news conference like this today, you know, and I know honestly, we're not going to get details today. As you mentioned a second ago, that's a step towards a process that takes a long period of time uh, there's a frustration among listeners that they want to, well, why didn't they talk about, you know, who he is and what is, you know, is he Canadian? Is he not Canadian? Um, was he drunk? Was he this? Was he that? The, you know, and you start finding yourself trying to analyze between the lines to see if there was some clue there as to what the, you know, what led to the charge. But this is simply the process. And it it, it is somewhat frustrating on a on a story this size, isn't it?
8: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've covered many, many cases on a much smaller magnitude, um, where there's dangerous driving charges, where we do have our local police um, that release specifics of what their investigation have found. And you can't say whether or not it's true or false, because that ultimately goes through the court system. But what they determined has happened. When you get a case this large, with this much media attention, with this many eyes on it, with so many people around the world wanting to see some form of justice happen you know that those officers are not going to say anything that they are going to remain so tight-lipped because you don't want to be that person that went up there and said too much and maybe gave a little too much out to media or said the wrong thing and it compromises the integrity of the investigation ultimately of the court case because that's what we have to remember here this has to go through the courts and could could you imagine putting yourself in the shoes of that RCMP officer who, you know, got pushed by the media asking over and over and over and gave too much and before yep. this went through the court system? And that, I think, ultimately is, in cases like this, and, and of you know, we haven't, I personally have never seen a case like this, um, why you would want to err on the side of caution and, and not be that person that said something that ultimately had a case like
0: this tossed out absolutely and you know the one question that I think everybody wanted to answer among many other questions and that one question got answered today will there be criminal charges so the answer to that is yes uh, 16 of them uh, for uh, injury causing uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know death a dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death and 13 for dangerous operation of motor vehicle causing injury so that question's been answered
8: and these are very serious charges. I, I've covered yeah. a number of cases where people have been fatally, uh, have, it's been a fatal case. And there's never been a charge like this. They might get a Highway Traffic Act, which is a fine. We've had one like this where it was a cyclist that was killed. Dangerous driving is very difficult to prove, which means if they were able to charge somebody with 16 counts, you, you know that they have taken that time and, and really got what they believe is a solid case. Do you
0: know, Brittany, because that's a really difficult charges. That's a really, really important point, and, uh, you know, Brad and I were talking about that on air, and a couple of our texters are like, no, 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 you know, obviously it's going to be criminal because there was 16 deaths. That is not obvious. That is not, you can't connect those dots automatically. No. The ramifications okay, we- of what happened do not dictate the charge in terms of the outcome doesn't dictate the charge. The actions of the driver dictates the charge.
8: We did a pretty extensive global news investigation a few months ago on how many times across the country, didn't matter what province you were in, drivers had hit, in this case we were talking specifically about cyclists, had been found at fault, but were not criminally charged. We were given a fine under the Highway Traffic Act. We had one case where somebody killed two cyclists on a highway and was charged $4,000. Mm-hmm. No criminal charges. It is not a guarantee that there's going to be a criminal charge when it comes to a death Uh, like this and you have to know that if there's 16 of those that they feel they have a very strong case because it it is not easy to prove dangerous driving
9: no and the preparation from the crown if if this gets to trial will have to be incredibly significant to make sure that he or she presents this in a way to prove it properly correct
8: there are going to be many many eyes watching this and you can guarantee that uh, whoever that crown attorney is is definitely going to have their work cut out for them uh, and is, is going to be spending a lot of time prepping a case such as this because, like we said, any, any one misstep, you don't want to be the person that you know, said something wrong or didn't push far enough on one side. And, you know, there's just people watching this very, very closely, including uh, all 16 of those families of those that were killed and the 13 uh, who were injured.
0: Now, Brittany uh, Greenslade uh, from uh, Winnipeg, our global reporter out there, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really appreciate your input on this. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, I'm, I'm sort of half looking over at our texting line because, uh, you know, this is, this is a story to which people are invested and passionate and for good reason. And I know that, uh, you know, when I was out in Ottawa visiting my mom, mm-hmm. and I talked with my brother in the parking lot of a Home Depot, and he's a former RCMP officer, and he said, Man, I hope they don't just charge him with distracted driving. I mean, as a former RCMP officer, he was also well aware of the fact that the the level of proof that's required to elevate it from a you know a, tra- a traffic act offense to a criminal offense is high and extensive. But as you know, uh, Brittany just said they obviously feel they can do that, and they've done it times sixteen.
9: I've spoken to my father, an ex city police officer in Ottawa about this numerous times, both on a a personal level, just I playing hockey as a youth and what this meant to him and how it impacted him and and then on a, a policing and enforced law enforcement level and he said the same thing. It's they're going to have to be so careful when they eventually do lay charges. And Brittany outlined it perfectly for yes. us and then expanded on it when she mentioned how many eyes are going to be on this case and the pressure that is going to be on the Crown prosecution, that person or persons are going to have to present a case that is 100% secure with not a single mistake presented in any of those interviews, any of that evidence.
0: This would be an easier way than me texting back each of our texters who's asked, uh, who's challenged my proposition that it doesn't matter in terms of laying the charge. Uh, It doesn't matter how many deaths there were in terms of whether or not they lay a criminal charge, because it doesn't. Uh, This, I'm quoting a lawyer from Regina who specializes in this area of the law. He says... um, A number of factors play a role in determining what, if any charges will be laid, such as whether there was a momentary or prolonged lapse in attention, whether the driver was a marked uh, departure from how a reasonable person might drive, or whether a person drove in a dangerous manner despite knowing it could cause harm. What does not play a role in any way whatsoever in deciding whether charges should be laid or convictions entered is whether a death occurred. We'll have more coverage of the uh, Humboldt uh, bus crash, the news uh, conference that was held today. We'll get your reaction and more guests as we continue with this special edition of the 630 Chad Afternoon News. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.